Welcome to Jay's Talk here across the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming on Sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet app. Joelle Ben Shulman with you for the next 20, 25 minutes after a one nothing Blue Jays spring training loss to the Rays at the Trop. You can give us a call if you like. It doesn't only have to be about this game because it's the spring. You can text us or call us about anything you like. The phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, star-590 on your cell. You can also reach us on the People's Text Line, 590 name and location but mr ben shulman a super quick game today oh, once yeah. again my goodness you and i fist pumped when Vinny capra's ball did not get out mainly because i just i just wanted to see like a game that was right around two hours essentially yeah it, you know it wasn't the best for the blue jays but it was good for for the baseball culture in general <laughs> the that, culture, yeah yes. that uh I, I you know i threw baseball in there to sound a little better but um yeah it was good overall you know I love these types of games. I, I know not everyone is into pitch clock for straight two hour games and I get it, but guys were swinging. The ball was in play. There was a flow to it. And yeah, it, it's a meaningless game. So good that it ended pretty yeah, quickly I think because that's what it is. they got the same amount of work in, in less time. I, I think I have become a bit of a timing snob in, in record, yeah. in record time, like no pun intended, like yeah. whatever games are like two hours, 45 minutes these days. I'm like, Oh my God. That's the longest game I've ever watched. But funnily enough, like the World Baseball Classic going on at the same time. I mean, like not actually on during this game, but just the WBC is on these days. And the WBC does not have a pitch clock. And it's interesting, right? Like I've appreciated watching the games of the WBC regardless. And it's it's kind of fascinating to see the discourse around pitch clock, MLB-led baseball, and no pitch clock, WBC-led baseball, because there are some people who are like, oh, that's the that's the way the game is meant to be played. Whereas, oh, maybe the World Baseball Classic would benefit from a pitch clock. I, I do kind of wonder, though, if maybe, and again, we're going to see the pitch clock for every game this season, including the MLB postseason, as far as I'm aware, unless things change. Unless they change something, but, that is, yeah, that's what they announced. But I do wonder if there is a happy medium to be found. Yeah, and you bring up the postseason right there, and I think that's something that started to blossom a little bit maybe yesterday online, and I'm seeing a little more traction today on Twitter with some big people talking about it. But I at least saw Trevor Plouffe, the former Minnesota Twin, tweet out about the possibility of doing the pitch clock in the regular season. But in light of seeing how exciting, regardless of pitch clock, these very important WBC games were, Maybe it's something you could pull back in the postseason, similar to what they did last year with the Manfred runner or the extra inning runner, whatever you want to call it, where in extra innings in the regular season, they added the runner on second. Right. Once you got to the postseason, they scrapped that because that was another time saving and arm saving initiative that isn't as important in the postseason. And I kind of like it. I mean, at the end of the day, I think. The goal of the pitch clock is to get people more engaged in the game, which in playoff games, really, there's huge engagement anyway. I mean, playoff games, even for diehards, they're way more engaged in a playoff game than they are in a regular season game. To grow the game, I don't think you really grow the game in the postseason. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the World Series is an example. But a lot of people who are locked in on the postseason are baseball fans already. Those are the biggest possible games of the year. And again, to make it more entertaining, they already sell themselves because it's great matchups and they matter. So I I think the pitch clock is way more important in the middle of May with a fourth place team in the AL West playing a fifth place team in the AL East or something like that. Although the AL East fifth place team is probably good. 
in the postseason, I, I wouldn't be against that. I, I would support if they wanted to try and pull that back. It's the same thing in hockey as a lot of people watch. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the shootout, but because they don't put it in the postseason, I was more likely to accept it. I think a lot of people on the fence are more likely to accept it, and a lot of the players are probably more likely to accept it too if you can give them this little concession. Barry from Toronto texts in to say, why do you want short games? Do you not like baseball? <laughs> I would ask uh, you, Barry, do you enjoy people <laughs> stepping out of the box and tugging on their jersey, <laughs> spitting on their batting gloves and rubbing it together, tapping the bat on the front of their feet? None of the baseball was eliminated today. That's what I'm, that, and, None and of the that's baseball where, was eliminated. That's where I fall to. It's like the, the important parts of baseball are still happening. Like nothing was lost. Nothing of consequence was lost in a game that's that's between two hours and two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, and if Barry's favorite pitcher is Jonathan Papelbon and he loves watching <laughs> David Ortiz hit, like, that's fine. Sure, yeah. I get it. It's totally valid. But for me, the guys who went the fastest were my favorites because I wanted the action. When I played baseball, I was a first baseman. Mm-hmm. I wasn't jumping for joy when the slowest pitcher on the team got on the mound, and I was in the game, and I would get bored sometimes, <laughs> you know? I love baseball. I want more baseball. Less not baseball. Maybe Barry really likes uh, Rafael Dolis. He could really <laughs> like Rafael Dolis. Could be a Fernando Rodney fan. Maybe. You never know. Yeah. Uh, factoring into today's uh, exceptionally quick game, I will say, was the deployment of raised pitchers. Because after <laughs> Drew Rasmussen, he went five innings. He only allowed two hits. Drew Rasmussen is going to be very good as he was last year. But the Rays went. I mean, I'm not going to count the last pitcher because he's not a regular. But of yes. the regulars, they went Pete Fairbanks, Jalen Beeks, Garrett Clevenger. That is. Probably a, a combination of getting uh, getting the ball out of the hand of your starter into the hand of whoever closes out games. It, w- it would usually be Andrew Kittrich for the Rays, but he, I think he's on the sixty day IL. So, yeah. So who really? So knows? I don't know who it's going to be, but but let's just say it's 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 someone else. But they're going to go Fairbanks, Beeks, Clevenger a lot. Like the Jays are going to see that again, like probably multiple times a season. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure we're not like very much sleeping on the Rays as a baseball community for the millionth year in a row and the pitching is even better than it usually is. I mean, the, the rotation is deeper. Rasmussen, obviously like every pitcher in spring training, pretty much didn't come out of this game. Cause he needed to like, they have, they have front of the line starters now that they haven't had in the past and still this dominant bullpen. They've really, they, they added Zach Eflin. Like they've kind of hybrided their raise approach it's with true. a little more of a, of a, of a buying approach. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, those, those three guys, Beeks wasn't great. Admittedly, he gave up a hit walks, walked a couple, but those three guys, most days are going to give up one or two hits in three innings total and no runs. Yeah, Beeks was used a lot last year as an opener. I feel like, like he was used a lot. Yeah, a lot. He they had, had a lot move, of injuries yeah, too. He was which, moved around a lot. Yeah. But, um, but the great right. thing about this year is I wonder if that's what caused this because they are so deep and they have injuries. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're deep without Glasnow, Boz and Kittredge being there. I still like their bullpen depth and their starting rotation depth. So yeah, it's it's. I think someone called in yesterday. I believe it was David from Toronto who had called in to talk about: Are we sleeping on the Rays as a potential division contender? Maybe we are a little bit. Maybe I, we are. They're they're my third pick for the division for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably Yankees first, Blue Jays second. But it wouldn't be shocking. Like if we got to September and the Rays won ninety-seven games this year, and that was enough for the division. I don't think a lot of people would be floored. We'd just be saying again for the millionth time in a row, the Rays were better than we thought they were going to be, and they proved why. The Rays are, we're not that far removed from the Rays winning 100 games. Like it's not, No, that wasn't or being that long ago. in the World Series yeah. up 
with a chance to win yeah. and then pulling Blake Snell. That, oh, boy, they'll never, they're never going to live that down. Uh, boy, hey, look, uh, Alec Manoa is a guy you don't get see uh, get pulled very often. And he pitched a fair bit today, okay? He went six innings, 71 pitches, uh, one earned run, five hits overall, one walk issued. Let me ask you, does that say to you that they are readying Manoa for opening day against the Cards? That's on March 30th. So, again, uh, before, I think it was yesterday, because Schneider usually doesn't speak on Sundays, so he didn't talk today. But yesterday he did say that Major League Baseball has asked all clubs, obviously including the Blue Jays, to kind of coalesce, consolidate all of their announcements into kind of like one day. So March 23rd, which is a week away from opening day, which is this coming Thursday, uh, March 23rd is going to be the day we actually find out who is the the, the opening day starter. I, it feels as though it is sort of lining up for it to be, like, I, I don't want to say at worst, but it's lining up to be basically either Manoa or Gosman at this point. Like, if you go yeah. by the usual five days in between starts thing, Manoa would line up to basically pitch, like, on March 29th, a, a day where there's no game. It's right? by design that both of yeah. them are there. Now, I, I'm assuming, but do not know for sure. So speculating, I guess, yeah. is probably <laughs> the right word. That, I mean, they know who's starting and have probably known for a bit. I mean, they went into the offseason with both Manoa and Gosman, knew they were their top two pitchers, probably knew they weren't going to add something in front of it. So I think whatever's been decided has been decided. Manoa going six today definitely at least piqued my interest. Like, could they shut him down? Although I think they would probably tell us before that it's someone's final start or something like You're that. You're probably right. Yeah. But at the same time, they let him go. I mean, six innings is not nothing. It was a quick game and he got through it in 70 pitches. And I know pitches are technically more valuable than innings when you're trying to see how much taxes on a guy's arm. But that was also six times he sat down and then had to recover his arm and get back up and start using it again. So do you think, uh, do you think the whole thing about having to sit for less time plays into guys being able, and maybe it's not just from Manoa for all pitchers will play into them going maybe a little longer if they don't have to sit as much. For sure. I I think it's, there's like a sweet spot. Uh, I got this at least from talking to some pitching coaches in the minors last year that if your team went on a rally, that was a lot of the time when managers actually started to talk to them about pitching changes, because if their starter had been sitting there cold now, like there's, you want to rest, you want to recover a little, but after five to 10 minutes, you start to get cold. Your muscle doesn't think it needs to do the thing that you've been forcing it to do at an incredibly high tension for any longer. And it starts to relax. And then when you restart it again, that's when it can put a little more strain on it, you know, like restarting a car as opposed to stepping off the brake where it's going to start a lot quicker. So it's not huge, huge, but uh, over the course of a game, it can make a difference in, no games quicker than this one so far for the Blue Jays this year. So yeah, no, I do yeah. think that could help Manoa for sure. Uh, I see a text here from Bill in uh, Mount Forest. He says, why are we rushing the game? I don't mind a three-hour game. I do agree the batter doesn't have to step out each pitch, adjust the gloves, et cetera, but maybe add 10 more seconds to the pitcher to throw. I think that's like a pretty – I appreciate the text, Bill, because I think that's a pretty common like, – It's a fair opinion. Yeah, it's kind of like in it's kind of like in the in the in-between, yeah. essentially. I kind of like it the way it is, but I, but I get it. I mean, if you, I, I do worry a little bit, like, when does that stop? Because j- just to let people know, this isn't the pitch clock they tested out last year. This is longer. Like, they've already added seconds right. to the pitch clock they did all the data on. And if you, you it's it kind of like, my goodness. yeah, like, remember when you were, you know, if you were in school and they were like, hey, you can do the assignment, you can present first, or you can present two weeks from now. <laughs> you were starting your work at the same, like the guys are just going yeah, to yeah. do the same thing and we're going to get a little more nothing. So I, 
but I think it's a valid opinion. I personally like it the way it is. Um, I just, I, I disagree that it's trying to rush the game. I just think it's trying to cut out. I just think the game was aggressively slowed down. Yeah. I think it's the opposite. I think if we go back and watch the few archives that exist on YouTube of games in the eighties, guys didn't step out and do 30 things in between each pitch. You don't like everyone who's played baseball knows to a certain extent. Now, obviously we don't know what it's like to be the majors. It's not required to step out of the box after each pitch. You can take a practice swing in there. It's safe because it's safe to swing regularly and not hit anyone. You can take a couple steps around in there and you just got to look at the guy at a certain amount of time. So I really do. I, I get it. I wouldn't be shocked if they add like five seconds to each 10 might be a lot because 10 is pushing it toward the average of when it was before. Right, and right, then right. all of a sudden, what's the point of yeah, it at all? You're going back. But um, I do think it could be five. I, I just, I kind of disagree. That's trying to rush baseball. We're just trying to cut out everything. That's not baseball. Like, isn't the most exciting part of a football game when the team goes into the run and gun offense, Jim Kelly and the bills or, or it's a two minute drill. Like the most, you know, when the team goes into a huddle, we're not jumping for joy. Same thing with when the guy steps out of the box. Uh, Barry from Toronto replied. He said, uh, you guys have me there. I'm selfish. I have the game on when I'm in the shop. It's my happy time. When the game is over, I'm sad. I just lo love the sound of the game making shavings. Thanks for not being too harsh. First of all, I, I do wonder what you're making in the shop. That sounds cool. I'm the least handy person Sh on earth. Do you say so shavings? Shavings, yeah. That's a while. Like I'm, wood I'm, shavings. Wood, I would assume, yeah. but there's like a small chance for Metal? like chocolate. Oh, 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 you're a chocolate. <laughs> dessert guy, maybe okay. he's a dessert guy. I'm probably, yeah, that's okay. I'm probably yeah. not right. But I, I totally get that, by the way. I get it. There are people who are like, hey, I like to sit outside at my cottage for a couple hours. Um, you know, there are other games on. They're not always as easy to reach, but maybe that delves you. A lot of games you can get for free on the radio through legal purchasing of or not purchasing <laughs> legal ways to get free radio right. around the world now so there you know some chances there to listen to some other teams maybe uh chuck from oshawa texts in to say i will never get to see another nomar garcia garcia para which is uh fair uh yes that is fair isn't it a good thing though like <laughs> i i i like doing it you know when i was like a kid and messing around and stuff but isn't it a good thing like other than really for i mean the broadcasters who use that time to speak in between isn't it a good thing? I I, yeah, I lean I lean more towards uh, yes. Um, there are a lot of texts coming in on the text line. We'll get back to that. Let's take a very quick break. Okay. And when we come back, um, I did want to talk about George Springer had two stolen bases today. And I thought that was interesting because stolen bases across Major League Baseball in spring training at the very least are wildly up from spring training in 2022. It's an anomaly for yeah. George, too, to try and swipe two bags in one so game. So if that's the case for Springer, I wonder how, how many other players, not just on the Blue Jays, but across Major League Baseball are going to try and uh, swipe more bags. So we'll talk more about that, get back to the phone lines and the text lines after the break. You're listening to Jay's Talk, Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to JSTOCK, the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali, Ben Shulman with you for another couple of minutes after a 1-0 Blue Jays spring training loss at the Trop. You can reach us on the phones, reach us on the text line. A lot of texts today, actually. I see one here. Oh, Barry says uh, it's wood. It's not chocolate, so it is wood. Wood? Yeah, that was the most likely by a lot. <laughs> um, I see a text here from Dan in Brantford. How often this season do you think Belt will play first for Guerrero? I thought he had some good plays at first today. I would agree with that assessment, Dan. I think uh, Brandon Belt played pretty well today. It was his first outing of the spring campaign, specifically at first base. We'd seen him play a couple starts DHing, but it was his first uh, spring start at first base. I, I think you and I had talked about this before, Ben. We had said, you had said, 
I believe, 100 appearances, not necessarily appearances. 100 starts of, of yeah. the year. Right. And some of those could be at DH, too. And, yes. and some of them literally might be pinch hitting in a certain spot and then being yanked for someone else like a Nathan Lucas Otto Lopez to go into the outfield and right. play something after that. It's interesting. I don't I don't know how much he'll start at first because Vladdy, we were talking about this before the game started way before today. I mean, Vladdy never misses. Time. Oh, my goodness. He in the last three seasons combined, he's missed three games or he's a he hasn't started all those a couple like pinch hits here and there, but he's appeared in all but three games. Yeah. And he's DH'd a, lot, a, a he's, chunk of those, certainly. Yeah, so honestly, maybe I should just go grab his DH numbers to try and see. I, I would guess, you know, a little bit of it just has to do with how well is Belt hitting. If Belt's hitting well, then you want to work him in yeah. more yeah. than Vladdy DH's more. If Belt isn't out hitting the catcher on the bench, though, whoever that may be, then there might be a couple less scenarios. I know Belt's left-handed hitting and, and those guys are right-handed hitting, but there might be a couple less scenarios. So... I could still see Belt, like, by acquiring him, it feels like they're going to use him at a certain minimum, like 30, 40 games at first, or else why else would you get another first baseman? So I don't know. I, I feel like he could at least start, like, 40, 50 games at first if Vladdy ends up DHing 40, 50 games at a 160 this year. Uh, I see another text here from Rosalie on Avenue Road, back in the big smoke. Nice. Not that far from where we are. Um, She says, I think calling a player a utility player is demeaning. It makes me think of water and hydro bills. What do you think of calling, first (laughs) of all, fair. uh, What do you think of calling them versatility players? I think it's more positive. Yeah, I don't don't hate that. But but you just got to take a different meaning for you. Utility means something you can use. Right. So... I think you you are taking the wrong definition of the word and making it bad. I think you can spin utility. Okay, so you're, sti- you're sticking. I can with utilize utility. this player in seven different spots. He has twice as much. I know nothing about financial stuff, but I believe like the utility of products and stuff is important. What do you think of uh, What do you think of uh, arm barn instead of bullpen? Arm, arm barn instead of bullpen. <laughs> I do think it's very Canadian sounding. Like if we wanted to. <laughs> If we wanted to it's kind funny. of like charm some Americans and stuff, I think I think you should start throwing arm barn at your American baseball friends if you have any, and just see if we can kind of make that a Canadian that thing you, and catch it on. Now that you say it, now that you say that, now every time I say it, I'm gonna think like arm barn. <laughs> that's how, that's how I feel like I'm gonna say it for the the rest of time. I think that was a PETA thing. I don't know if you remember. I think that was like a last year PETA like made some kind of push to have it renamed from because like bullpen uses, from bullpen to uses arm a, an animal right so they went with arm bar. i mean of all the things that peter has done it's funny, it's far, I, far from being from the, the craziest thing but like yeah. but uh arm barn i don't hate it i'll say i, I don't hate I it say. i don't hate it I'd, I'd probably tell the people at PETA that there's better resources but i don't <laughs> or like uses of their resources but i don't i don't hate it i mean at least as a slang term i'm, I'm not sure Baseball is kind of too old of a sport to change something as entrenched as the bullpen. I think. <laughs> You're you know, like probably it's, right. Like it's like the sin uh, bin. You can call it the sin bin, but we're not changing the name of the penalty. The box. penalty box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a snappy name though. But you're, yes. you're probably right. Uh, Chuck from Oshawa. He texts in also to say, I'm curious what you think. Of, well, okay, first he says, I'm curious what you think of bird catchers. And then he replied and said, LOL, third catcher. So clearly a typo, <laughs> but bird catchers, I wonder. Very impressive, the people who can catch birds. Yeah. My cat, my cat, when I was a kid, used to be able to catch birds. Or, so that ca- always or catchers me. who are birds. Catchers who are. That, well, that's the most impressive. That's like an Air Bud spinoff that we haven't seen. <laughs> but he does say, I'm third curious what you catcher. think of. Yeah, third catcher. Do we have a legit candidate there? Is it clear cut who that will be? I Okay, I'll put it this way. I don't think. Dalton Varsho is the third catcher. If, no, if, if he's Dalton, the emergency catcher, yes, which if, is if, different. 
if Dalton Varsho is catching in a game, it means that both Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk probably in that game have gotten injured by some really unfortunate circumstance. But yes. if, if you're talking about someone who will be called up to be the third catcher, it's probably Rob Brantley at this point. It, that's what it seems like, yeah. right? I mean, he got the start today when Kirk wasn't there. It, he's hit really well, actually. Yes. He has yes. hit really well uh, to his credit. And yeah, it's, it seems like they like him. So I, I think it's probably Rob Brantley. That is a position where... You know, there probably will be an available free agent catcher who's had major league experience that you could add to your Buffalo squad if someone comes available that you might like. But I'd be surprised if they carried three catchers. I, I would be too. There, there's yeah. a chance they could. Um, like some teams do it. I mean, it, there's and, they, a, like the Jays and with did them DHing yeah. the catcher, they have more justification than almost anyone else. The, the Jays did it when Moreno was still on the team. Like they yes. had, they had Jansen Kirk Moreno, but now that there's no one kind of like on the level of Moreno, I don't really see the point in carrying three catchers on the active with, roster without DHing a catcher every day too. Because when you yeah, DH yeah. Kirk or Jansen every day, it was like, fine, maybe carry a third because if the active catcher gets hurt, then you'll have to lose your DH, your DH to fill yeah. it. Now I really feel like the only situation is, there's kind of three second basemen right now with the with the Biggio Espinal Merrifield thing. Maybe if two guys so clearly like if one of Espinal or Biggio so clearly beat the other guy out, maybe one of them goes down for a catcher. But again, I I don't there are more DH options that aren't catchers this year. Yeah. There's going to be less catcher DHing probably. It's so, kind of done like a, to a certain degree out of necessity last year, but not not so much this year. Yeah, and then and then maybe come playoff time. Who knows at that point? Maybe uh, Blaney and Markham. I've been playing ball my whole life. Definitely love watching. I personally think the changes catered more towards the casual fan. People who have a real appreciation for the sport can really enjoy a two hours pitchers duel as much as a four hour slugfest. Hopefully. They find a happy medium going forward. I would hate to see something at like a time violation cost someone, let's say, a perfect game. I mean, you're probably it's, it's probably not going right. to happen in that situation. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's... but at the same time, it's a fair comment because it's it's you would hate to see like an exciting. I think the point of Blaney's point is just something exciting being cut short because of the pitch clock being enforced. Totally. I, what I would say to the point of the casuals versus the diehards is you're right, but that's just unfortunately really how all major for how every sports league. I'm not saying it's the way I want them to, but if we're thinking financially, like you don't cater to the diehard fans. They're the diehard fans. Yeah. You watch today. You might not like the pitch clock. You like the Blue Jays. The casual fans are the ones that are going to decide if you're near the top of how much money you're yeah, making okay. or near the bottom. Everyone has diehards. So it's not that they don't care about the diehard fans. I want to make that clear. But in terms of bringing more eyes, the diehards are likely to watch what's going to be put out there anyway. Yeah, like MLB has, has had a problem with re the retention of casual eyeballs for a long time. And they're not creating new casual fans. I, there's a large community of people who would sit there and watch the longer games. I don't think that's what Major League Baseball is arguing against. The issue is that it's the same group of people and they're only getting older and older. And yeah, they, need, right. they need... Now, there are other sports with problems where it's like, the NBA isn't getting enough retention because people are only watching highlights sometimes. And I get the, that there is certain mediums you need to hit on, but an unfortunate reality. And I think both of us would consider ourselves the diehards sure. here too. Is It's just not the clientele that they're marketing it to. Like, trust me, I've sat through a million, three and a half hour games <laughs> when I'm happy that a game goes two hours. It's because I know more people are going to watch it. I love baseball. Yeah, you're watching. And I want it to do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, it's better for the sport if more people watch. It might have to change a little bit from the way that it was because the way that it was 
it was losing popularity in comparison to the other sports. Uh, we have a couple minutes left here, Ben. Before we go, I wanted to mention this stolen base thing with you. Yes, um, let's do it. George Springer, two stolen bases today. Good to see. I think it seems to support the assertion that he is healthy, at least right now. So that's always good, right? But yep. on stolen bases in general, I wanted to throw this by you. This is from a few days ago. It was a tweet by Codify Baseball. Well, I always has some good awesome statistical account. stuff on Twitter. Um, 2022 spring training in in through 268 games. They had 300 stolen bases. 111 were caught stealing. That's last year, okay? In 264 spring training games this year, 492 stolen bases and 120 caught stealing. So it's a fewer it's, games, double the steals. Yeah, 192 <laughs> more steals, only nine more times caught in basically effectively the le- the same amount of games, but actually for less games. That is an insane increase. Like I, I, yeah. if, if that is going to happen in the regular season, I'm taking the over on literally every Blue Jay for stolen base totals this year. It's it's not a bad idea. I mean, this, the goodness. stolen base numbers jumping in the minors last year with the disengagements rule and the little bit of the bump from the bases was huge. Like guys were taken off like crazy. And we've seen some of it in the spring, but not the full scope because – runners aren't truly being held on in a way that they would be like the numbers you have are good. Cause it's referenced to also meaningless games in terms of runners <laughs> being held on. Right. Once guys actually start delivering pickoffs and someone forgets that after he throws two, he's in a little bit of trouble. People are going to start taking off and Ooh. it's awesome. I mean, we were talking about it back on the opener for spring training. Right. And I said, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the home run, but the most exciting play in baseball, one of the single most exciting plays for me is the leg goes up from the pitcher and you see the guy take off. I mean, it's just the whole ballpark is captivated on it. And the more stolen bases you can get, not successful. I just mean attempts. I just want more attempts, whether guys steal them successfully or not. It's entertaining either way, but more stolen base attempts is awesome. This is from Jeff Passon from a couple of days ago. He says, uh, runs per game uh, up by just over half a run, 22-23. Stolen base attempts per game up from 1.6 in 22, 2.4 in 2023, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So we'll have to see if this continues. Uh, you and I are back for more Jays Talk next weekend. Next weekend should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll know who has won the World Baseball Classic by then. We'll see if you're at USA pick. US, right. I, I think USA is going to bring it up. We'll, right, see. we'll see. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. For him, Ben Wagner, Tom Young, Becca Carney, Nick Blackmore. I'm Show Ali. Thanks for listening to Jay's Talk presented by Crown Rust Protection on the Sportsnet app, sportsnet.ca, and the Sportsnet radio network. Have a great Sunday evening, everyone. More Blue Jays baseball tomorrow. It's Kevin Gosman on the mound. We'll talk to you then.